Hey guys! Wow, so good to be with you this morning. Uh, you know, Garen and uh, Seth were playing, they were like, Simon, sorry, Simon and Seth were kind of hanging around in there as well, but we would have worship on uh, whatever night of the week it was when I was here in Long Beach, and then uh, they, would, they were like 11 or something, and they'd come in and jam to Green Day or something afterwards, and, uh, but it's so cool to see them up here leading songs and to see, just to see the church and the health and young people raising up is so inspiring. I'm already going to cry. Gosh, man. I love being with you. That's why I brought this. Um, it, is, uh, it has been a privilege to be back here. My wife and I, if you don't know us, um, we uh, started out in the south coastal you know, region as it was and uh, got converted in the singles ministries and Dated in the singles and led for a time in the singles ministry. And then uh, I was interned in the singles ministry, uh, moved up to Ashland, Oregon, and, uh, and then up to where we are now is the Tacoma, Washington area. It's called the South Sound Church, and uh, it's about 45 minutes south of Seattle. We lead a small church out there, and we lead the singles throughout the church, and uh, it's been great. As Ruben said, we have uh, three boys so we have a three-year-old and twin two-year-olds, and then we've got another one coming in June. Uh, so we'll have four boys under the age of four in June. And so you can pray for us, because it's like a walking daycare, you know. Uh, we've heard that the church needs more men, and so Rachel and I just said, we're going we're gonna to do something about this, you know. Um, and, uh, but, but we came down here for vacation, and it has just been so faith-building uh, I know we haven't kept up with all of you, but even just to see the faces of those who've been here for years and to see that you're still faithful and joyful and serving, uh, it's so inspiring to us. So let's pray. I got to get through this, man. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we get to be together this way. Thank you for the community that we have here in your church. Thank you that we can be a light to your world through this community. Thank you, Father, for uh, the Long Beach Church and what it means to us. And, uh, God, what it's meant in my journey. Uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for Jesus, most of all. Father, we just pray that uh, today we could come away thinking about him, focused on him, having our attention drawn to him, and leaving from here wanting to be closer to him. Thank you for the privilege of following the Messiah, uh, the, the one, the expected king, that we get to, to follow him, to be like him, to learn from him, to be shepherded by him, to call him a friend and a Lord and a Savior. Uh, Father, we're so privileged. We're so honored. Thank you for that mercy, that grace. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. See if we can get through this. Um, you know, it is, uh, I hope that you're doing okay here, 2018, it is off to a fast start, right? And uh, so much has happened in 2018, publicly, privately, in your lives, and our lives already, and it can feel like we are, you know, well into it, and yet it's only February, right? And you're like, wow, we're only two months in, and so much has happened, and a lot of how you look at this year ahead, it depends on how things went last year for you. 
the last 12 months of your life. So if you were, you were doing really well in your parenting, you were just rocking it with your family devotionals and being consistent with the, you know, the discipline and loving your kids and raising them up. To care, you're feeling hopeful about where you're going, right? But if it was a harder year last year, maybe you're, maybe you're kind of not feeling so hopeful. Or maybe you're, you're hoping for a change. And the same can be said about anything in our lives, right? About our marriages or about our finances or about whatever. But my question for you this morning is how are you doing and how have you done following Jesus in the last 12 months? In the last year, what is, what is your outlook on following Jesus this year because of how you followed last year? You know, I think this idea of, of following Jesus has become a lot clearer to me uh, as of recent as I've started to learn more and more uh, about this idea of apprenticeship. And an apprentice, do, you got, do we have any apprentices here? So, you know, you have apprentices, right? So if you're an apprentice, you are an apprentice to an expert in the field, right? A journeyman, a master of the craft. And as an apprentice, what you do is you learn everything that that guy teaches. But not just what he teaches. You learn to do everything that he does. And they won't, a, a journeyman won't sign off on you as official until they know you can do what they've taught you to do. Are you with me right there? It's discipleship. And I think sometimes we, we use that word discipleship and, and it's kind of an older word and maybe it's lost some of its meaning over the years for us at times, but... But apprenticeship, it really means to become like your master. To follow them, to learn from them a way of life that helps you not just have the knowledge of what they do, but to be and to do what they do. Are you with me right there? I'm not talking about how many church services you've made it to, or how many midweeks that you've attended, or how, how many quiet times or devotionals you've had this Last year, what I'm talking about is how has your apprenticeship been and what are you looking forward to in following Jesus this year? Are you looking forward to becoming more like him? More like him. Uh, this uh, this uh, professor at USC, Dallas Willard, some of you may have read some of this stuff, an incredible mind when it comes to this idea of discipleship. You know, he had this to say, he's got a lot to say about discipleship, but one of the great things he says is, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. And I think sometimes we lean a little too heavily on our idea of grace. That it just means, hey, I'm just, it's all good in the hood. And as long as I'm coming to church, I'm giving my tithe. And I'm you know, trying to keep myself pure and, and not curse anymore. Like, okay, well, I should, you know, God's grace is in my life, and, and the rest should cover it, right? And yet Jesus was after so much more. What he was after was apprenticeship. Helping you not just experience the goodness of his grace, but to become like him in your humanity, in your human experience on this earth, and whatever and however long you have. My lesson for you today is don't try to be more like Jesus. Train to be more like Jesus. Don't try to be more like Jesus. Train to be more like Jesus. Let's look at a few things that he has to say about this. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Matthew chapter 10. 
Is it up there? There we go. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus says this. The student is not above the teacher nor the servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? What is the goal of your faith in Jesus? What is the goal of your faith in Jesus? Is it not to be like Jesus? To see the world as he sees it. To live relationally as he does with the Father. As he says, is one with the Father, right? To behave towards others the way he behaves towards others. And to do what he did with his time on earth. And in that way, to proclaim and to advance and to put first his kingdom and his righteousness. The Gospel of Luke puts it this way. Jesus says, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. What Jesus is looking for is apprentices who will train to be like their teacher. Don't try. Train. And here's what I mean by that. You know, no one uh, has ever set out. You guys know what this is? You know what this mountain is? Mount Everest. No one has ever set out to climb Mount Everest by being the most enthusiastic one to do it. Like, you know what, I'm just going to show up. I've got all the gear. I've spent a ton of money. I got my, you know, freeze-proof headband on. I'm like ready to go, right? You don't develop the altitude capacity and the physical strength and all that has to go in the mental fortitude to try to do something like this by just trying your best. You may show up there day one of the climb and you've got a better heart about it than everybody else about to climb that mountain. But if you haven't trained, you're dead. You're going to be one of those frozen mile markers. Do you know what I'm talking about? We've got to train. How about something closer? Well, for us, this is Mount Rainier. Uh, it's a 14,000-foot glacier volcano. We're just hoping it doesn't go off anytime soon. It's right, you know, it's all within eye shot of our house. Um, may, you know, maybe a 14,000-foot mountain for you would be Mount Whitney, right? You don't just wake up tomorrow and go, I'm just going to hike Mount Whitney. You will throw up halfway along, because the altitude sickness will get to you. You will be destroyed, right? Your legs will start giving out. You will just, you'll collapse, not many of us could go, hey, tomorrow I'm going to hike Mount Whitney. But how many of us could hike Mount Whitney the summer of 2019? If you started a training program, guess what? You could not hike Mount Whitney. But you have to train. How about even closer? How about your goal, your fitness goal, your diet goal, your health goal, whatever it is? How about wanting to set a new PR, you know, a new, I got a new deadlift record for yourself? Or run a marathon? Or whatever. If you walk into the gym tomorrow, you haven't lifted anything but a sandwich the last year, and you're about to, you're about to lift 350 pounds of a deadlift... You're gonna, your back is going to fold in half. Your knees are going to blow out, right? If you haven't trained to run a marathon and you just go, hey, LA Marathon, I'm going for it. 
You're, your big toe is just going to look like something out of Gremlins or something. About it. It's just, you're going to be, you won't make it. Why? Because you didn't train. You may show up day one, the most earnest, eager person to run that marathon. You're ready to try your hardest. But if you haven't trained, you're done. And the same goes for our apprenticeship to Jesus. If you approach this year, this season of your life as a parent, this new marriage, this new you know, program that you're in at school, if you approach whatever it is by just trying hard, you're going to fall flat on your face. But if you train, if you train, this is the coolest thing about how God has done this with our brains. We actually, neuroplasticity, you guys know what neuroplasticity is? This is not in the notes, but God's given us an, the ability to rewire our brains. If we train ourselves with new habits and good rewards based on those habits, we can actually change our desires and our actions based on those desires. But it takes training. And the same goes for our apprenticeship. Trying to be more humble this year will not make you more humble. Trying to be more loving this year will not make you more loving. Trying to be a godly spouse, trying to be faithful in prayer, you will run out of steam, you will end up discouraged, and right back where you started. Today, you are in character exactly who you trained to be the last 364 days of the year. You are in character exactly who you trained to be. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you, right? But that's the responsibility and the opportunity that God's given us. If you're more like Jesus today in your prayer life, it's because you trained to be. If you're more like Jesus in your love for the lost, it's because you trained to be. If you're not, it's because you didn't train yourself to be. If you're struggling with self-control, maybe, maybe you got up late a few too many times this year. Maybe you binged watch Netflix. You got sucked into season two of Stranger Things and you just win for it, right? Or whatever it is for you. You trained yourself to be where you are today. And this is where Jesus is trying to help us because his goal is not that you just mentally ascend to believing in all the things that he teaches as truth, but that you become like your teacher. You become like your master. You train yourself to be this apprentice of the way of Jesus. He says it this way in John 8. To the Jews who had believed in Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, meaning if you do what I say, you're really my disciples, really my apprentices, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you want freedom in your life this morning, if you go, man, I just look back at the last six months or the last three months or the last three years and I haven't had freedom in this area, in the impurity or in the greed or in the addiction to whatever the solution is not in trying harder, guilting yourself out a little bit more. The solution is training. And not just training in anything, but training in the way of Jesus. Training yourself through his teachings to reshape your character. To reshape your behavior. Train. Don't try. You know, I grew up in a Christian tradition that was based on pretty much feeling bad about sinning and trying to do better next time. Can anybody relate? Um, and and it, the truth was, the guilt just never stuck. I sinned plenty. 
But it didn't matter how many times I, I asked for forgiveness and prayed, God, you know, just help me do better. The reality is that the guilt just didn't last that long. And before you know it, I was just doing the same things over and over and over. And it wasn't until 20 years old, I moved to Los Angeles, moved to Long Beach, California. I moved here because um, it was affordable, it was close to the beach, and I knew that Sublime was from here. So that was why I said, you know what, I'm going to move to Long Beach. And so I moved here, and, and about eight months later, um, uh, Marco Pelizzari met, one of, uh, my, met my roommate in a park, and he studied the Bible and became a Christian. I just thought it was the weirdest thing. He's getting baptized in a jacuzzi. I'm like, what is happening to you right now? And, and, then I, and then I started, you know, they invited me and I started studying the Bible as well. And, and for the first time, someone was showing me that Jesus had actual teachings that he wanted me to follow. And when I started to follow those things, I started to experience truth and freedom in a way I had never experienced it. All my life I've been looking for peace through drugs and alcohol abuse, through different relationships, through travel, through adventure, through whatever. And it wasn't until I started reshaping my my humanity to follow this path of Jesus that I started to experience freedom. It was beautiful. And it still is. It still is the most beautiful opportunity that I have. And this is the shift, I think, for a lot of us. Because a lot of us, whether we like it or not, we grew up in some Christian environment that, that kind of implies if you work too hard, you're doing something wrong. If you put too much effort into this thing, you probably don't get grace. And that's not true at all. In fact, if you really get grace, then you go, man, I got an op- I got- the, the field is wide open for me to change and become like Jesus. What, what can't I, like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm all in. That's if you really understand grace. But, but I think this is a challenge, a shift for us to begin to think about this idea of training. Others, this is a shift because the reality is that we just stopped training years ago. Like we, we, you know, we got some basic things down. We started meeting with Christians regularly. We started praying regularly. Maybe we confessed in occasionally. We you know, we give our money and we do some things, but the truth is we haven't really developed in our apprenticeship beyond our second or our fifth or our tenth or our fifteenth year as Christians. And that's not the goal of Jesus. His goal is that you become like him. Fully trained. Fully trained. I love this, this uh, quote from Winston Churchill. He says, I never worry about action, but only inaction. It's easy. I think for us, especially in the church in the West, in the safety and the wealth and the consumerism and the materialism and the distractions of all that we have, it is easy to settle into a faith of inaction and deceive ourselves that we're actually disciples. And this is not a critique on you. This is really just the, this is the reality of us as humans, right? You read the, the book of Revelation, what happened to all the churches? They had apostles leading their church. The mother of Jesus, Mary, was going to church in Ephesus, and yet what happened over time? The human tendency is we drift away from the path of Jesus. And so we've got to refocus, and we've got to retrain. You know it. You plateau, right? 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 You go to the gym, and you've been doing the same amount of weight for the last three years, and and, and actually, you don't, there comes a point in life where you stop gaining, you, you, you even stop maintaining, you can do the same amount of weight and things start sagging, you know what I mean? And you're like, what is happening here? 
you've plateaued. And the same thing happens spiritually. We plateau. We stop taking action. Jesus says it this way in John 13. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What's the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount? Take action. Build your house on the things that I'm saying. Do them. The blessings come from doing. Repetition creates retention, training. And there should be a point for all of us where in any kind of training, we're we're denying ourselves to do the job, right? We're going, man, I don't want to show up. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to deny myself to do it. But even that's not the goal. Your life as a disciple shouldn't be a life of self-denial all the time in every area. There should come a point where you're beginning, because you've trained yourself, you're beginning to see things the way Jesus sees them. This new truth is taking hold. You're experiencing freedom. You're understanding grace. And you're going, now the left hand is just doing what the right hand doesn't even know it's doing. It's just happening. It's just second nature to who I am. This is what Jesus wants for us. This is why it's essential we take on a training mentality. What are you working on spiritually? Remember that question? I remember just first becoming a Christian. That was like every date that I went on, I had like two questions. What are you reading in your quiet times? And what are you working on spiritually? Right? Like those are the, I wasn't really a ladies man, so I had to come up with those questions. Um, but that helped, you know, and, and just asking each other, what are you working on spiritually? It was a, I loved that about the church here in Long Beach. I still love that about you guys. It's a culture of training. We're growing. We're becoming more like Jesus. You guys know what this is right here? I keep looking back like there's a screen behind me, but there's not. This is a workout machine, right? And this is just your instructions to any lap machine or whatever you go to the gym to work out on. Uh, Imagine you go to the gym three times a week. You read all the machine instructions. I mean, you can quote them. You, you can go to the preacher's curl. You don't even have to look at the preacher's curl. You just start reading the instructions, right? You just know them by heart. You can even recite them. You can teach them to somebody else and help them know them just as well as you know them, right? And you go and you, you every now and then, you kind of get excited and you see what other people are doing. You go, okay, I'm, gonna try, I'm just going to throw some weight on. This guy's doing, you know, 70 pounds on his preacher curl. I'm going to just throw it on there. And you go for it and you can't lift it and you get discouraged. You go, man... I don't know if this is the right thing for me, but okay, I'm just going to go back to understanding and reading more about the instructions and trying to figure it out. And, and over time, you don't see results. And pretty soon, you just stop showing up because you go, man, this isn't really working for me. What if instead, you, you go, hey, I'm not going to just know about these exercises. I, I'm going to start slow. I'm going to start with 10 pounds. I may look like the dorkiest guy out there with 10 pounds, right? The lady next to me is doing 45s. I'm doing 10s. Okay, I'm going to do I'm going to start with 10 pounds. I'm going to get a partner to help me, to meet me a couple times a week. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to work on it. And over the next six months or a year, I'm building. I'm adding 20 pounds every other week. I'm growing, and I'm feeling more confident. I'm feeling more bonded with the person, my workout buddy. I'm seeing definition change. I'm going, man, this is working. Which gym experience do you want? Which church experience do you want? Which experience do you want in this grace of following Jesus? 
What if we approached our apprenticeship to Jesus this way? We said, hey, rather than just showing up, learning about it, I'm going to start doing it. And little by little, it may look silly, but I'm going to increase the weight. And little by little, this definition of Jesus starts to show up in our character, in our thinking, in our behavior. And we change to become more like our master. Don't try, train to be more like Jesus. I love this quote here. This is by Dallas Willard. He says, The greatest issue facing the world today, with all its heartbreaking needs, is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from Him how to live the life of the kingdom of heavens into every corner of human existence. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that what the world needs? That's what the world needs. You know, I'm training in a few things this year. Um, one is just to be more compassionate to the poor. So I'm, I'm, we're, we're putting in our budget more money to give away. We're taking our small group. We're going, hey, we're going to go serve the poor in our community once a month. Because I know that if I just pray about being more compassionate to the poor, I'm not gonna, it's not going to change. I have to go do the things Jesus said. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, meaning I expect you to give to the needy. And when you do so, here's how you should do it. Another area I'm, I'm working on is just training and being just more connected relationally and present for people. I, I love my smartphone, but... The reality is, is that it just takes me out way too much, right? And so I'm practicing a form of Sabbath for myself. It's not, a, it's not an issue of salvation. It's really a gift, right? It's made for me to do and to practice. And, and I get to do this, and, and one day a week I turn off the electronics, and I just spend time with the people I'm with, with my family. If I go to the grocery store, I, I don't have anything to look at in line. I just have to hang out with the people I'm there in line with. But I'll tell you, it is a powerful experience to be in one place at one time. To not be two places at one time. To give your full attention to somebody. And it's training me to be more connected relationally. I'm working on not, I'm having times with the brothers where I don't talk about ministry at all. To be more connected. I recently took up fasting once a week to train myself to be more like Jesus. I didn't even know what the outcome was going to be. I just knew Jesus said, when you fast, Meaning, I expect you to fast regularly as a disciple. And I looked at myself and I went, I don't do that. Like, maybe I fast when the church has a big fast that we're supposed to do or whatever. But I don't fast as a regular practice of Jesus. So when I fast, okay, I don't do that at all, Jesus. So I started working on And the things that are coming out of it, man, I'm, I'm growing in my self-control. I'm growing in my intimacy to God. I'm gro- I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a gift. I'm understanding the grace more and more. If you want to reflect Jesus in your life, you need to consider a plan to train for it. Maybe you're not praying much right now. You look back and you go, you know what? This last 12 months or 6 months or whatever, I just haven't had the prayer life that Jesus wants and that I want. I just, I'm lacking. I want to grow in my prayer life. My, my encouragement to you is to start small. Start praying 5 minutes every day. And every week, add three minutes. If you did that, you know, by the beginning of April, you'd be up to somewhere around 20 minutes. By the end of April, you'd have 30 minutes of prayer a day. 
You start, you go, hey, one night of the week, I'm going to go out and just pray by myself. I'm going to have a friend meet with me once a week. And you start to train yourself to pray. If you pray for 30 minutes a day for the next six months, is, are you going to see more of the definition of Jesus in your character, in your prayer life? If you try really hard tomorrow, you go, I'm going to pray 30 minutes a day. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to repent. What's the likelihood of you keeping that up for six months? You know and I know me, right? But if we train, we can see Jesus in ourselves. Are you with me right here? A good place to start, and you can take this into any area, but a good place to start, I think, is Matthew 5 through 7. To just go, hey, and, and it's beautiful because whoever put it in little paragraphs did a great job. They put a little, you know, bold thing above it for you. You just go, hey, I'm going to work on not judging people anymore. Not being so critical. And so I'm going to read this thing that Jesus teaches and I'm going to figure out a small training plan. I'm going to start small. I'm going to incrementally build up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, by the end of the year, I don't want to be as critical and as judgmental towards others. I'm going to work on my issues with anger. I'm going to work on my lack of integrity and not keeping my oaths. Are you with me right there? It's, all, it's the 101 of just being an apprentice of Jesus, Matthew 5 through 7. And it's just, there's so much in there, you could read it for a year and still not have it and keep working on it, rolling it over and over. But start there and create a training program for yourself in one area, okay? In one area. Don't try Train to be more like Jesus. What people need is people who practice the way of Jesus. What your classmates need is not just that you go to a cool church, which you do. It's not just that you go to a diverse church, which you do. It's not just that your preacher is, you know, young and cool, which you have a good preacher who's young and cool, right? It's not all those things, right? You have a great worship. It's not it. They need you to be like Jesus in their lives. They need you to not just share, you know, an invite to church. They need you to share a dinner table and to go walk with them and to pray with them and to love them in, un- in ways that they go, and nobody has loved me like this. You know my sexual orientation and you, you still love me this way. You know my past. You know the struggles I have. You know these things and you still love me this way. That's what your classmates need from you. That's what your coworkers need from you. That's what your neighbors need from you. They need you to be more like Jesus. Jesus came to train up followers who would go and spread his kingdom into all the earth, earth, and he even trained himself to do it. Take a look at this passage here in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, Son though he was, he learned obedience, meaning Jesus trained himself to obey. There was a process of learning to become this Messiah to become this great king, to become this Lord. There was a process where he had to undergo training himself from what he suffered. And once made perfect or complete, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, for all who hold to the teachings, for all who train to be like their master. Do you know how Jesus was able to pray for all those hours in the Garden of Gethsemane? It was because he, he, he had spent the time praying by himself when his cousin died. It was because in the early mornings he got up while other people were still sleeping and just went out of the house to go pray. It was because the, the times when he just went out, you know, things are busy right now, I just need to go be by myself with God and pray. It was the stuff that he did to train himself that prepared him for the cross so that he could provide 
grace and training for all of us. And our call is to obey Him and to train ourselves and not to hold in contempt the work that He did by just settling for knowledge or trying a little bit harder or being a part of the right group or, man, back in the day I really blew it out and kind of hanging our hat on that. Are you with me right here? He wants us to take seriously the living for His kingdom, the, the becoming more like Him. And so, brothers and sisters, don't try train to be more like Jesus. It's been such a privilege to be with you this morning. You don't know what you mean to me. Thank you, guys.